0: Onto the science fiction story number one, The Hullbringers, written by Semi Loki. A hush fell over the crowd as the speaker took the stage. A guest speaker at the annual Ground Sculptors Convention was, generally speaking, somewhat of a joke. Despite the best efforts of the organizers, finding a well-known or even a well-respected member of the upper castes to agree to perform a lecture was a challenge. The sculpture profession was considered at best a menial job. Many argued that it should not even be considered a profession caste position and should just be task performed under a caste. As such... Their speaker at these conventions, usually was someone no more famous than the local well-to-do shopkeeper or other member of the merchant caste. They were not expecting a member of the elite caste to face them, not just any member of the elite either, for standing there before them for the first time in convention history was none other than the emperor-elect himself, Flows with Summer. Empress Summer looked over them and, wonders compounded, knelt his head in respect. Exalted sculptors, he intoned solemnly, it is with a heavy heart that I approach you today and beg you a favor. A favor? No leader should ever ask of his people. I ask of you something that may be impossible, but, uh, and I say this without fear of contradiction. Maybe one act that will allow our species to continue to survive. Without you, I fear that we only have a year or two at most. It, bid had been anyone else, such a statement would have been met with mockery and treated as a jest. But this was the Emperor-elect. As such, it was met with silence. The Emperor allowed them a moment, a very brief moment, to digest his words before continuing. Forgive my bluntness, he said But, as you will see very shortly, we no longer have the luxury of time And I cannot afford to do this in the proper way We must act quickly, and I must ask of you to trust me and do your best to keep up I cannot answer all of your questions at this time We have far too much to do and not enough time to do it But, rest assured, once I outline the problem and the project I have in mind for you Every resource of our empire is at your disposal If we survive the next few months we can, hopefully, answer things more fully As for the moment, I am afraid you only get the short version As many of you are aware We first became aware of the existence of the Hell worlds orbiting close to the brightest star hundreds of years ago Some minor religions even incorporated their existence as a place of damnation for the afterlife Indeed, orbiting over 30 times closer to the star than our own world, they have viewed as a harsh and unforgiving place with crushing atmosphere, volcanic temperatures, and extreme gravity. Scientists predicted that there was no way life as we know it could survive in such worlds. The screen behind the speaker lit up and was filled with an odd-looking ball with blue and green patches. Ten years ago, he declared, our scientists found out that they were wrong. The statement could not be met with silence. Suddenly, hundreds of voices were speaking at once. It was impossible to pick out any individual word or question in the sea of noise, but still there was a general impression of disbelief. The Emperor spread out his forward cilia in a gesture meant to request calmness and restraint. He eventually received this grudgingly "'Yes,' the Emperor Summer agreed. "'I realize this flies in the face of what we believe possible. "'Unfortunately, they have had to make many drastic revisions upon currently accepted theory. "'Please allow me to continue.'" Even the residual mumbling settled down. Emperor Summer pointed at the blue-green ball. "'This is a planet we're calling Ahiyo, after the land of the damned in the Pachal mythology,' he went on. "'As you will soon see,' The name is appropriate. The blue-green ball was replaced by a cutaway of the ball showing boundary layers between the core, the mantle, the surface, and even the various zones in the atmosphere. This is the largest of the known Hal worlds, he said. And believe me when I say this planet is an unforgiving beast. It is almost 12 times our size, but also far denser. The gravity is 16 times heavier than our own. If your body could survive being crushed by its own weight, the atmospheric pressure is a hundred times greater than our own. The main temperature of this world is over 600 valiums, so hot that ice itself melts. More murmuring, but not enough to be drawn out of the speaker's voice as he continued his lecture. We thought no life could possibly exist on such an unforgiving world, he continued, However, 60 years ago, we sent our first of the series of surveillance probes to survey the inner worlds of the brightest star. The viewscreen shifted to an irregularly shaped block of ice and rock rotating on the screen before them, a tail of white mist streaming from the orbit behind it. This, he explained for the crowd, is our first probe, glows bright from a far one. As you can see, we designed it with a coating of highly durable ice and stone to protect it from extreme heat of drawing so close to the near star. Our instrumentation is buried deep in the core and protected by a layer of methane. The probe was designed to fly past the inner worlds, collect data, and return it to us four times in a year. These are some of the images that we have collected in the Eheo as the probe made its flybys. The image on the screen was again replaced by the blue-green ball, an area that the upper left portion of the screen was highlighted. As they watched, the ball of light grew dark, all except the patch that had been highlighted. It was covered in yellow lights. The blue-green ball returned and the lights went out. The image grew dark again and the lights returned. We thought He explained that this was some sort of natural phenomenon at first. The planet rotates extremely fast, five times faster than our own. But unlike ours, their poles are almost perpendicular to the orbital plane. This causes rapid light and darkness cycles. Over 300 times in a day for us, this planet would appear to blink between scalding daylight and slightly cooler night. We predict the temperature fluctuations to be as much as 600 volumes as the light appears and disappears. Extreme changes by our standards, but as hot as this planet maintains, it barely has meaning. The image changed, and this time the flickering image showed larger areas of yellow lights as the screen darkened and lightened. This was the next probe, he explained. The next showed more. Each visit we saw larger and larger patches of lights when it grew dark. Again, scientists thought maybe it was some sort of artifact on the molten surface. Then they began to notice cities and roads. Cities of unbelievable sizes. Something is living down there and each time the probe returned, the image looked different. Whatever it was, it was changing fast. He sighed as he looked down. It is with regret that I report that in our first reaction to making this discovery was fear, he said. We thought these beings must have some sort of demons and, as such, our first response was aggression. Last year, we secretly outfitted a battlecruiser to reach this planet and investigate its defenses. The image changed to another view of an ice-and-rock shielded object, this one larger and more streamlined than the probe, simply called... The elegant solution, he explained. The ship had a crew of thirty brave volunteers. They weren't to declare war on the demons of the HAL world, merely to investigate them and find weaknesses. It took them almost a month to even reach a But At that point, we realized our calculations were off and the mission failed within moments. Please, if you have a delicate constitution, I beg of you to look away." For everyone else, this video I am going to show you has never been seen before by the public. Its contents are highly shocking. The image on the screen changed to that of a cockpit view. Three people could be seen moving about from station to station. The city barely screamed to touch the floor as they propelled themselves along in microgravity. This is Captain goes lightly in the wind, the medial said in a calm and reassuring voice. We are approaching a Aheo's orbit, and our heat shielding is degraded by 83%, but is still within operational tolerances. Initial scans show that the atmosphere is primarily composed of gaseous nitrogen with a large concentration of, uh, oxygen. Could we please check this again? Yes, getting confirmation here, yeah. oxygen is present in this atmosphere. Also, uh, vaporized ice. The crowd shifted and murmured as they gazed upon this. We are now going to initiate a low orbit and try and collect a sample in the atmosphere. The captain went on. We are opening the collection bay now. Violet, can you take us in? The view through the forward screen of the cockpit rolled and the blue green planet appeared before them. As they swooped in lower, a whirring sound could be heard and resonating from somewhere off screen. Captain, a new voice said, I'm getting an irregular readings. What is it? The heat shielding near the scoop is fraying faster than projected. The voice explained. I'm getting temperature spikes here. Are they within tolerances?" the captain asked. For the moment, but there is something strange about the way that it's radiating out. I think we've got a fracture line in the shielding. What? the captain said and then addressed the pilot. Adjust course by 3 The captain didn't get to finish the statement before he was interrupted by a loud explosion. The ship rocked and tumbled, and the blue-green planet swirled before them. The gas pocket exploded in the shielding, someone called out. We've lost the starboard thrusters trying to compensate, but we're trapped in the planet's gravity field. "'Can you bring us up?' negative Captain,' the pilot said. "'The ship's gravitational thrusters don't have enough power. "'If I can't bring the main thrusters around, we might be able to escape, but uh, maneuvering is difficult. "'The atmosphere is thick, and the ship's barely able to adjust.' "'Keep trying, pilot,' the captain ordered, and then hit the button on the ship's com. "'Engineering, I need more power to the thrusters. Give it everything you've got.' "'A muffled response came as the ship shook.' Therefore, the screens turned startling green as the huge towers of... Well, something pointed at green rushed towards them. Too late, Captain, the pilot screamed. There was a flash of light and the screen went dark. The ship exploded before it hit the ground, the Emperor explained to the quiet room. The heat shielding melted and entered the atmosphere. This caused the engines to superheat and detonate. We thought at first all hands were lost. However, it turns out an ensign was working in the freighter bay and the ship was plummeting towards the world below. In a moment of what we presume to be pure desperation, he boarded one of the short-range fighters and bailed out shortly before the engines went critical. The fighter ship was equipped with a state-of-the-art armor and shielding. It was supposed to be proof against the direct hit from a molten methane shell. Instead, it began to vaporize as soon as it hit the atmosphere. Ensign, Waits for Joy, had, uh, fortunately, shifted controls over to voice control before ejecting. He started transmitting to relay satellites. The message was, in turn, carried over one of our inner system probes and only returned within the last week. This ensign's Joy's last transmission. Again, this video has not been shared with the public. The screen flickered again and was replaced with another view. This one was less clear and distinct than the one before as if being viewed through a damaged lens. From the narrow forward view, they could see the dark green and brown ships blow by, alarms blaring as jets of stream clouded the view. Argh! A voice grasped in pain. She shields at uh, th- 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 30, b- b- ah, c- can't breathe, look for d- 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 mans um, and s- send back the data, Can- can't. The heart, so, hot in oh, oh, here, yeah, burning up. The you rolled? Shields, t- 20, so hot. I, 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 th- I think see uh, something ahead, not, not sure. So, some sort of g- giant tower trying to get Vix, make a bulbing. No, it's moving. Uh, fire. The video rose. In the center of the video was a shape that made no sense at all. A cylindrical tower, or perhaps a perfectly smooth mountain, they were a distortion about it as if it was caught in the act of moving. But it wasn't moving so fast that the camera could not catch it in one frame. That, the Emperor explained, is the best that we have of one of the demons. St. Joy himself died soon after taking this image, His ships continued to transmit briefly, long enough for our scientists to confirm that his last order to the ship was obeyed. The fighter emptied its battery of high V missiles. It also was able to confirm that not a single one of them managed to touch the giant before being destroyed. The video screen then changed its view to a normal person. However, rather than being shown with his body resting on a walking cilia, the body was shown lengthwise so it looked like an oval with the optical sensors at the top. This is your average person, the Emperor explained, with a standard length of 2.1 BC. We are using length because of 0.1 pc for height would make the comparison harder to fathom. Despite this, I want you to understand that we are looking at a demon height, not length, The image zoomed out and then zoomed out. This person disappeared and was instead replaced by some sort of odd-shaped creature that stood two cylinders that ended in flattened blocks on the bottom ends. On the top, cylinders merged into a larger trunk and then branched out into two long limbs that terminated into five smaller appendages. On top of the trunk was an oval shape with some strange holes. A scale popped up beside it and gave the number 630 pithy. It's a mountain, someone shouted. The emperor appeared to almost grimace. It is unbelievably large, he agreed, and from what we can determine, it projects its own heat field that extends some distance from its own body. This is what the missile struck that caused them to detonate before even reaching the creature. We are not certain that it would have made a difference even if they did. Our scientists now think that, uh, well, I don't understand the numbers myself, but let me just say that in order of the creature to be able to move around, it must be a tensile strength in excess of even our ship's armor. It can tolerate more heat than even our hottest bombs, and, uh, well, that's not even the worst part. The Emperor sighed, and then the image went dark. In trying to figure out how a creature could reach such a colossal size, some of them have proposed a rather well controversial idea. At such an extreme temperatures and how worlds it might have give rise to uh, rise to atoms forming long chains of complex uh, molecules that uh, could well interact with one another. It's still speculative and in the early stages. But the idea is that it is possible for a biological organism to exist with these much more complex chains forming the basis of life. Furthermore, some even suggest this might give them certain uh, advantages, advantages in a tolerating heat and incredible strength, for one thing, but also the image behind the Emperor flashed to one that they all recognized from school biology lessons. It was a picture of a person and cutaway from the neural chains linking the city air exposed. Our own biological processes work under nuclear interactions, the Emperor continued, We desire our cilia to move and the chain of atoms to carry signals to our muscles. However, we now think that the common model of this was oversimplified. For centuries, we have known that atoms move very fast, much faster than our own reaction time. Faster than we can really comprehend. We think now that what was actually happening is that the scientists call an influenced average model. What happens is that the atoms tend to vibrate all over the place and... uh, by random chance alone, they will move the way that we desire. We now think our biological process influences the odds of this happening to occur slightly higher than statistical chance. Gradually, though, the influence on random permutations influence the atomic interactions and cause it to move. This process has very little clear signals and a lot of noise. We don't notice this as our even our thoughts are part of the influenced average model, but they think that the steps taken place are a lot slower than we realize. Meanwhile, the molecular model of the demons used allow their signals to be clearer. So, even though the reactions themselves are slower because they have better signal-to-noise ratios, this is the reason that we believe that they seem to be experiencing time somewhere around 300 times faster than we do. A roar, a disbelief swelled up. It's true, the Emperor assured them. Since we first started observing them after they had made unbelievable advances, at the time of the elegant solution crashed, we believed that they were in a late stage of their industrial revolution. And the half-year that has passed since then, they have started launching their own probes into orbit around their planet, one of which we estimate will be flying by our own planet within the next month. A hush fell over the crowd, I cannot state this enough, the Emperor exclaimed. We reacted to the discovery of life on another world with our own solar system with aggression. Aggression that, I am ashamed to say, they did not even notice. If they make a similar decision when they discover our existence, I fear that it is no way that we can survive. At the rate of our advancing, we estimate that we have only one year before they are out of the door. What are we going to do? Someone called out. Will our better space navy... Even in full capacity, we'd never get enough ships to take on even a small number of these demons. The Emperor stated flatly, No, we have no hope of beating them in the open warfare. They may as well be indestructible from our standpoint. They are able to wade through molten ice. They can destroy without even touching by using their internal heat field. No, our only chance is to convince them not to attack us. The image flashed one last time. "'After analyzing their images,' he explained, "'we believe that this symbol is one of their associated with peace. "'We believe that, in their language, it means friend. "'So I bring it to you, brave sculptors. "'We have less than a month before the probe flies by. "'In that time, I need you to make a shape for them. "'Make it so large and so obvious that they have no hope "'but to recognize our good intentions. "'Are you able to do this?' All looked at the screen at the strange pink shape A shape with a point at the bottom and two half circles side by side at the top They looked and quietly they began to plan For the first time in almost a year, the Emperor relaxed They were discussing it Maybe, just maybe, they could do it Maybe they would be able to forgive this mistake and the hell he had brought to them End of story